Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coobapedi, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours. See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie says we can place our confidence in God in good times and especially in bad. You know, we're going through life and there are times we sense the presence of the Lord. There are times when we see the hand of God. And then there are other times when we don't feel God's presence and we wonder, has God abandoned us? And the answer is never. He never has and He never will. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We've all heard the phrase, for such a time as this. Today we begin a study of where it comes from. Glad you're along for a new beginning today as Pastor Greg Laurie begins a study of courage in the face of danger and of God's providence when the odds are stacked against us. It concerns a young woman named Esther who was chosen to be queen, but more importantly, how God chose her to help bring deliverance to the Jewish people. It's a fascinating study of a true biblical hero. Grab your Bible and turn to Esther. This is going to be a fantastic series that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. It's been an absolute blast to study for. It's a powerful story. But as you read it, let me take a quick poll. How many of you have read the whole book of Esther? Raise your hand up. Okay, it's quite a few of you. How many of you have never read it before? It's okay, I won't mock you. Really? No, I won't. Um, <laughs> Okay, read the book of Esther. You're gonna love the book of Esther. I, I told the story to my granddaughter, Allie, last night. She said, Papa, tell me a story. And I sometimes make up stories. And sometimes I'll just tell her a Bible story. So I told her the book of Esther. And then afterwards I said, tell the story back to me. I'm telling you, she got the whole story. And you know why? Because it unfolds almost a little bit like a fairy tale. Uh, there's no fairies, of course. There's no mermaids. There's no unicorns, but uh, there's a story of a princess who was living in basic poverty, who was chosen by God to change everything. It follows almost the fairy tale trajectory because so many of those stories, it's obscure girl is rescued by a prince. But fairy tales are not true. But this story is true. This story is actual history. A beautiful orphan girl who wins a beauty contest and becomes a queen. Enter an evil man that plots her destruction along with her people. But because of her courage, she saves a nation and literally the people live 
happily ever after. Here's a unique feature of the book of Esther. The name of God is not mentioned one time. Not only that, but there's not a single prayer offered to God. Well, that should not cause us to wonder if it's inspired by God. It indeed is, and it's here in the canon of Scripture. But I believe that the author, being led by the Holy Spirit, used this as a literary device. And by that I mean he told a story of God's providence at work without mentioning God in it to simply make this point. There are times in life when God seems absent, but he never is. God is always at work in the life of the believer every hour of every day. Listen to this. His silence is not his absence. His hiddenness is not his abandonment. So says Timothy Keller. Remember when the two disciples were discouraged after the crucifixion of Christ and they thought the plan had gone south and there was no hope for them. And who joins them on their journey but Jesus himself the risen Lord. He actually says to them, guys, why the long faces? What's the problem? Haven't you heard, they said to Jesus, about Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet mighty indeed? We were hoping he was the one to deliver Israel, but it's been three days since these things happened. They didn't realize it, but Christ himself was walking with them. And at the end of their journey, he revealed himself to them. And life can be that way too. You know, we're going through life and there are times we sense the presence of the Lord. There are times when we see the hand of God. And then there are other times when we don't feel God's presence and we don't see His hand and we wonder, has God abandoned us? And the answer is never. He never has and He never will. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I want to introduce you to a word you're probably familiar with, but I don't know if you understand the meaning. It's the word providence. We use that a lot. Oh, it was providential. It's providence. What does that mean? The word providence comes from the Latin word providentia. The word pro means before or ahead of time. Videntia means to see. We get our word video from it. So when we use the word providence, we're simply saying this, God sees things before they happen. God sees things before they happen. So there's nothing haphazard about the book of Esther. There's nothing accidental or a result of dumb luck. No, it's all guided by the providence of God. And so is our life. Our life is described in the Bible as a story that's already been told. Or if it's easier to understand, your life is like a movie. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has the end. Now some lives are like the sound of music with raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. <laughs> and other lives are like, I don't know, Braveheart, <laughs> lots of conflict, lots of battle. But everyone has a life that is being lived and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But if you put your faith in Christ, be confident of this, God is at work in your life. As Christians, we do not believe in coincidence. We believe in providence. Because scripture says the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie is launching a study in the Old Testament book of Esther. Hopefully you can read along in your copy of God's Word. Let's continue. Well, the story of Esther begins with the king of Persia, 
Xerxes. And he was very powerful. And, uh, and so he decided to have a party one day. Not just any party. He decided to have a party that would last for six months. Food and drink provided by the king. Eat all you want. Drink all you want. And it was in the beautiful palace on a series of plates and the ornaments. And it was just awe-inspiring. And uh, so then the king, after he had shown all of his stuff to his people and all of his possessions, decided to bring out his crown jewel. And that would be Queen Vashti. So let's read about that. Esther chapter 1, verse 10. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, in other words, when he was drunk, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, their names are listed, bring Queen Vashti with a royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. And when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burned with anger. We'll stop there. So Vashti is like the ultimate trophy wife. A woman of incredible beauty. The king gives a decree. Tell Queen Vashti to come out wearing her crown. Some commentators believe this implies he wanted her to come out only wearing her crown. In other words, no clothes, just the crown. But even if that's not the case, the sense here in this verse is that he wanted to sort of put her on display. He objectified his wife, treated her as, as a servant and didn't value and love her as he should have. He wanted to sort of parade her around his subjects. Now to her credit, Queen Vashti flat out refuses because she thought it would be humiliating. Now the king's in a quandary. If he lets her get away with this, his aides say, none of our wives will do what we want them to do anymore. And what they'll do is they'll say, well, Queen Vashti didn't show up when the king called him. Why should we show up when you call us? This isn't gonna work. You need to get rid of her. So now the king in his drunken rage makes a decision. He decides to reject Queen Vashti and remove her crown and replace her. Enter Esther. Esther chapter two, verse five. We read these words. Now in the fortress of Susa, there was a certain Jew named Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Kish and Shemai, his family, and had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar, along with King Jehoiakim of Judah and many others. This man had a beautiful and lovely young cousin named Hadassah, who was also called Esther, when her father and mother had died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. And a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought into the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Hegel's care. Hegel was an assistant to the king that would help to select who this candidate would be to bring before the king. Ahega was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments and Nutrisystem. No, I put that in. And <laughs> he also arranged or assigned her seven maids specially chosen from the king's palace and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the palace. So we'll stop there. So the search is on for the next great beauty of Persia. Whoever won it would be the next queen. Man, I bet a lot of young girls were hoping they'd win. I want to be queen. 
I want to wear that crown. What is it with girls wanting to be princesses, right? You know, they, they want to have the scepter. They want to rule us even when they're little, you know? <laughs> Before they can even talk, they want the crown and they want the scepter, right? So I'm sure many girls were pining for this, hoping for this. And many girls today, and young men for that matter, long for something very similar. I read an article about the desire of young people searching for fame today. This article is not written from a Christian perspective, just as an observation of culture. And I quote from it now. Blame it on reality TV. Blame it on the entrenched loneliness of postmodern America. Blame it on an educational curriculum that's designed to promote self-esteem but ended up overshooting the mark. Pick your cultural poison. The result remains the same. American teenagers are fixated on fame. More than a third of them would prefer fame over beauty, intelligence, or strength. Even more problematic, the article continues, these teens aren't just dreaming about famous, they're planning on it. 31% of American teenagers expect that they'll be famous one day, end quote. So whoever won this contest would be the most famous person in the kingdom. And uh, here's Esther. I don't think she ever aspired to be a queen though she was stunningly beautiful. I don't think she had any videos posted on YouTube. No headshots over on her Facebook page uh, or Instagram. She probably just figured she would live a quiet life in obscurity, marry a nice Jewish boy, and follow the Lord God and have a family. But God had a plan for her life. And even Haggai was impressed with her. He served the king. He saw something special in Esther. What did he see? Was it just her drop-dead gorgeous looks? Well, you couldn't ignore that. But there was more. Because Esther was beautiful on the outside and the inside, you see. She was what the Bible calls a woman of virtue. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at her future. Though she was very young, there was something special about her because God had put his hand on her, and so the Lord put her in this special place. But let me close with this. Maybe you're at a point in life where you're saying, I don't feel like God is with me at all. I feel as though I'm all alone. Well, let me just say this. If you are not a Christian, God is with you in a broad sense. Because God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. You can call on God wherever you are. But there's a difference between God being with you and God being in you. That's really what being a Christian is. It's having Christ live inside of you. And God wants to be a part of your life. So maybe it seems like God isn't paying attention to you, but actually He is. I read about a hardened atheist who had a young daughter. He didn't want her to believe in God. So one day he told her to read these words. He wrote these words down on a piece of paper. God is nowhere. And this little girl who was just learning how to read looked at it and he says, I want you to read that out loud. God is nowhere. So she sounded out the word. She said, okay, I see it, Daddy. God is N-O-W-H-E-R-E. -E. I get it, Daddy. God is now here. No, that's not what I was saying. But he was so touched by that that he himself believed. You might say God is nowhere. No, the opposite is the case. God is now here. God is here with us right now. 
God was involved in the life of Esther and her people and God is here with us involved in your life. In fact, does not scripture say when two or more are gathered together in his name, he's there in the midst of them. And so he's not only here, but he wants to come and live inside of us. Maybe your life isn't making sense to you right now, but I'm telling you, God can step in and change everything and you'll never be alone again. Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sin and absorbed God's wrath in your place and rose again from the dead is here with you standing at the door of your life and he's knocking and he is saying if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Have you asked him to come in yet? He will right now. He's just a prayer away. If you need Christ in your life, if you need your sin forgiven, if you wanna know that you'll go to heaven when you die, respond to this invitation for you to believe in Jesus if you don't yet and have you then join the family of God. Let's all bow our heads for our prayer, please. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die in our place. And now, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're here, ready to come into any life that will open up to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer about coming to the Lord to find forgiveness of sins. And if you'd like to do that, Pastor Greg can help you right now. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ stands at the door of our life and he knocks. And if any man will hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Maybe as you've heard me speak today, well, you've heard another voice speaking to you. It's a voice of God. And you realize you need Christ in your life. You need your sin forgiven. You want the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to pray. And I would like to lead you in a prayer right now where you will be saying to Jesus, Lord, come into my life. I choose to follow you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn from that sin now and I put my faith in you. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture that Christ himself has come into your life. The Bible says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. If you just prayed that prayer in minute, you can know today you have eternal life. And may I be the first to say to you, welcome to the family of God. If you've prayed those words with Pastor Greg, we want to help you grow as a believer. So let us send you our new Believer's Growth Packet. We'll send it free of charge if you've prayed with Pastor Greg today. Just call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, we'll see how the king selects a new queen, Queen Esther. But it was actually part of the plan of God to save the Jewish people from destruction. This is the day, the day when life 
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called For Such a Time as This. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or if you'd prefer a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-005011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 